Good day, brothers and sisters, and welcome to another edition of Centurion Faith, the podcast that helps you to seek the kind of faith that makes Jesus marvel. The Bible says in Hebrews eleven six, without faith, it's impossible to please God. For whoever comes to God must believe that he not only exists, but that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. I think just by your tuning into this podcast and just um, giving the Lord uh, 10 or 15 minutes of your life today, that uh, you're really fulfilling that scripture, that you're seeking to hear from him. As, as, as you know, um, since I've been doing these podcasts, um, I should actually put a warning on them that these podcasts are laced with the Word of God. They are spiked, if you will, with the Holy Spirit and with the Word of God. And um, I really believe um, that these podcasts are something that the Lord has called me to do. I, I certainly enjoy doing them, but it's just a burning desire that I have to uh, do these as the Lord shows me things in His Word and some totally really simple things. And any time that uh, you get revelation from God, it's always something that should be explainable to a five-year-old, to a child. I think that um, Jesus, he always reminded us that that we should have a childlike faith in God. And I really believe that uh, the further I get along in life and in my walk with the Lord, the simpler things become. So he's kind of returning me to um, where he found me in, in faith um, 20 years ago in just unpacking some really, really simple truths. And I wanted to share one of those with you this morning in a message that I've entitled, Glorify God by Loving People. Again, Glorify God by Loving People. And the, the first verse that I wanted to, to share with you is John 3.16, and I know I've been using that so much lately, but um, I never thought I would go to this scripture so much, but God's just got me stuck in John 3.16. And it's a scripture that shows us the first cause of love. It's one of many scriptures, but that God is the first cause of love. So, you know, we can't give out anything that we don't first receive ourselves. So it's important to just start with that scripture for the message today and just, again, say what God says. And, it, and Jesus himself said, for God so loved the world, he so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. Isn't that amazing? Everlasting life is given to the believer as a free gift from God, simply by believing in Jesus Christ, whom he sent to us. Uh, he's God came down in the flesh, lived as a man among us, died on the cross, shed his blood for the forgiveness of our sins, was raised to new life by the Holy Spirit on the third day, was ascended into heaven and seated at the right hand of the Father, and today he sent us his Holy Spirit. So just simply by believing, we know that we're living eternally. We're going to live forever with God um, from the day that we put our faith in him until forevermore. And we do it by the Holy Spirit who he sent us. So it's just amazing to me that uh, when you see that God is the first cause of love. In 1 John 4.10, there's another great scripture that I look at all the time. And it says, herein is love. Like, here's what love looks like, okay? Herein is love. It's not that we love God, but it's that he loved us 
and he sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. Beloved, that's you, beloved. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to also love one another. And that's really the message that I have today is, how do we glorify God? We do it by loving people. And I, my key verse for today's message is found, and it's an oldie but a goodie, but, but um, it's found in Matthew 5.16. And it says, Let your light so shine, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Let me say that again. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. You know, the light, the light that we have in us is the Spirit of God. It's, it's, it's the candle of God, the Bible says. And when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, the moment that we do that, Ephesians 1.13 says that we're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Romans 5.5 5 reminds us that God has shed his love abroad in our heart through the Holy Spirit who he's given to us. So as a believer, I think, it's, I think most believers today would agree that yes, God has forgiven us for all of our sins, past, present, and future, and not only our sins, but the sins of the entire world. And anybody who would put their faith in Jesus Christ and his atoning sacrifice would receive forgiveness of sins and be made right with God. But I, I, I dare to say most believers today that I've met really don't believe kind of the, the second half of what, what Jesus accomplished through his finished work, and that is the sending and the receiving of the Holy Spirit. I don't think most people believe that God's put his Spirit in us. And I think one of the ways that we can prove that his Spirit is in us is by loving people by letting our good works shine you know, before men, the works he's given us to do. And that's simply just by, by loving anybody that we run into today. You will not have any shortage today of people that you run into that are hurting. Matter of fact, I would say everybody we run into is struggling with something and has need of something. And God can often meet that need if we are ready, if we are willing and we are able, he will meet that need through us by his spirit working in our spirit. His spirit has sealed our spirit the moment we put our faith within, uh, within Christ. He put his faith or his spirit within, uh, within us. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6.17 says that he that is joined with the Lord is one spirit with him. I love that. So if we, if we want to walk with God, we walk in the spirit because God is a spirit. And, you know, in John um, 14, 15, and 16 Jesus constantly reminds us, these are his last words to us before he goes to the cross, that when he goes, he has to die. He has to die for the sins of the world. But when, he, when he's finished with his work and he's seated at the right hand of the Father, which he is now, he will send us his Holy Spirit, which he has certainly sent us. We have to believe that. In Acts 2.38, Peter says, before 3,000 people get saved, they come to him, all the masses of people are saying, what do we got to do to be saved? Because they could evidently see the Holy Spirit of God working in these disciples, in these men. And they, they ask, what do we got to do to be saved? And he says, repent. That means to turn to God. That's all that means. Repent 
and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And, and, there's a second part, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a free gift in our lives. Jesus talks again in John 14, 15, 16, those chapters about how he's going to send us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to comfort us. The Holy Spirit's going to work through us to comfort others. The Holy Spirit's going to be in us. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And then in John 17, Jesus prays all of us into the kingdom, not just the disciples. This is when he's in the garden. He's about to be crucified and he's about to, um, he's, 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 He's in a place of agony and despair, but he's doing all this for us. And when he prays to the Father, he prays us in. And he, he says, Father, the glory that you gave me, I am giving to them. He's calling things that are not as though they were. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. He hasn't gone to the cross yet, but he's already prophesying that, that the glory that he had in him would be in us. When he, sent, when he goes to the cross, finishes his work, and then sends us the Holy Spirit. So I want to encourage you today to know and to believe and to ask God in your quiet time with him to show you that he has already given you. He has already sealed you with the Holy Spirit of promise. There's dozens, if not hundreds of scriptures that say this. And I want you to know that in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. Jesus only gives us two commands in all of the New Testament. And these two commands, and he's asked by one of the religious leaders that knows the Torah of God or the Bible of that day, the books of Moses and the prophets, knows it backwards and forwards. And he says, what's the most important uh, law in the scripture? And Jesus said, it's by loving God and loving people. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. He gives them two commandments, love God and love people. And he says all the law and all the prophets hang on these two commands. And all we have to do is make ourselves available. It says in Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, it's by grace that we're saved through faith. And it's not of ourselves. It's the gift of God. It's not by any work, so no one can boast. And then it goes on to say, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has appointed us to do. Salvation, brothers and sisters, is God's idea, saving us, making us right through the blood of his cross, making us right with the Father, sending us the Holy Spirit so we can walk and talk and live as Jesus lived on this earth. We can walk with him and commune with him spirit to spirit and help others and invite them into the family of the Father. This is amazing. This work is so simple too. And I'm going to sum it up by going to Luke uh, in the 10th chapter. And this is where you find the story of the Good Samaritan. And Jesus is asked, just to set it up for you a little bit, he's asked by one of the religious leaders again, one of the lawyers that knows the scripture. And he, he asks him, um, you know, what do I got to do to inherit eternal life? And, and then Jesus turns it back on him and says, what does the scripture say? And the guy says to love God and to love people, to love your, he says, well, I think the scriptures are summed up by saying, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, you got it right. You've spoken right. Now go, you know, and do that. And the guy says, yeah, but who is my neighbor? 
It says he tries to justify himself by saying, yeah, who's really your neighbor? And then Jesus goes on to tell him the story of the Good Samaritan. There's a man that is beaten, bruised, battered. That would describe anybody we run into in this fallen, sinful world today. He's literally, though, robbed and beaten physically. And I'm sure the mental stress and getting beat up and robbed like that is even more tremendous than the physical pain. And he's left for dead, the Bible says. And two men walk by him. One man is a priest, right? On his way to church, on his way to do his busy work his religion, his religious works that are nothing. And he passes by this guy laying on the street. And the other is a Levite, another man of God. And he crosses over on the other side of the street, totally avoids this man. But then along comes a Samaritan who the Jews considered just to be the scum of the earth, the enemies of God. And here comes this Samaritan and he helps this man. He bandages up his wounds. He picks him up. He puts him on his donkey and he takes him to an inn and he pays for his stay there. And he tells the owner of the inn, take care of this guy till I come back. It's amazing. This guy just actually stops and cares for somebody that's battered, bruised and beaten. And Jesus says to, 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 the, to the, um, the lawyer that's before him, the man of God, he, he says, now who do you think was justified who do you think did the right thing before God, right? The two, the priest and the Levite that stepped over this guy's body practically or the scum of the earth Samaritan, right? That helped this guy and did something for him. And the man says, the one that showed mercy on him, he was the one who was acting like God. And Jesus says these words, and I'm gonna close with this for you. He says, now go, he said, you're correct. Now go and do likewise. Go and and do likewise. In other words, you know the word of God. You just told me the word of God. It's all summed up in love God and love people. All you got to do is be ready, willing, and able. Know that God's spirit lives in you. Know that he'll help you when you go to stop and care for somebody and lift them up today. Know that he's working in you. And if we go back to Matthew 5, 16, when you do this, his spirit will propel you. His spirit will be evident in you when you stop today for that stranger and give a kind word. When you stop today to, to minister to somebody, even in your busyness, even in, especially when you get really busy today and you stop and give somebody a little time, you'll feel God's presence move up in you. And the Bible says again, and I'm closing with this, Matthew 516, let your light so shine. This is you, brothers and sisters. Let your light so shine, the light God put in you with his spirit. Let your light so shine today that men will see your good works and they will glorify your Father which is in heaven. Doing good works today, brothers and sisters, that I know you're going to do by the power and presence of God in you will actually bring glory to God that word glory means to cause people to think of God, to have a high opinion of God, to extol God, to magnify God, to celebrate God. People will honor God. People will, will, will see the spotlight shown on God through your good works today. And you'll be clothed with the splendor of God and you'll get to share in what God is doing on this earth. So I want to thank you for listening to this message today. 
And I want you to know how much God loves you and how much he wants to work in you today. I love you.